Welcome to the Dear Rochester Retire Well Podcast with David Pulsini from Six Point Financial Partners. In this podcast, find your path towards a brighter financial future with David as your guide as he helps individuals, educators, and healthcare professionals explore ways they can build wealth while minimizing risk using a multifaceted, comprehensive approach to personal finance. Are you ready to take the first step towards a brighter financial tomorrow? Let's get started. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are here today with a mortgage and lending expert and a real gentleman, Glenn Ditus. Hey, <laughs> Glenn, there that's he a is. nice introduction. Thanks, Glenn. So Glenn's been in the mortgage game since 1996. And now, Glenn, I took this right off of your LinkedIn profile, primarily maintains and establishes new relationships, manages a sales staff, does processing and underwriting of loans, and basically is always looking for market opportunities. The first, I love this, Glenn, the first element of success starts with enjoying and believing what you are doing. That is that's correct. true. Yeah. Yeah. So how are you today, sir? I'm doing wonderful. How are you, David? All right. Glad to have you on. So what got you into mortgage lending in the first place? If you remember, it's been a while. I, I, I do actually. Getting out of college, not to bore you with my life history, but it was all a timing aspect. I had a really good friend of the family, actually best friends with my, with my brother. His name is Jerry Freight, still a brother of mine. We went into business together in 1996. He was opening a brokerage. He had left the bank. And he looked at me and said, you know what? This is a great market. You'd be excellent. And I'll teach you everything. And uh, I was an insurance agent at the time, just again, right out of college and just fell into it. So it was all timing of just him opening and him wanting to teach me. And here we are. Yeah. Isn't it funny? I think almost every guest that we've had on this pod fell into it somehow besides our attorney friends, they knew what they were going to do, but none of us knew what we were going to do. I agree with you. You know, it's funny that book outliers aspect that they show you of that really became a timing issue. What happened when it happened, you know, Bill Gates, hockey players in Canada, when they become, what's the strongest time of year that they become the better. It's a great book, by the way, Yeah, that a plug, but yeah. <laughs> Malcolm Gladwell doesn't need our plug, man. So <laughs> let, let me do this. Hey, obviously, we're in the middle of a crazy real estate market. I get a lot of questions on mortgage. That's why I wanted to have you on. Can you, in the most simple terms, and then obviously we'll get more complex as this goes, but in the most basic, simple terms, this is going to sound funny. What is a mortgage? It's simple. A mortgage is a lien on a property and that that is, promises that you're going to pay that back, that's a mortgage note, but it's just basically a secured lien on a property uh, that you can own. So if I'm a listener, and I, I know a lot of the answers to this, Glenn, but what, what's a lien? A lien is it's a security. So basically, if you go buy a house for a hundred grand, simple numbers, and uh, you go get a uh, $90,000 mortgage, we, sec- we place a um, lean on the property for 90 that that you have to repay. The only time it's paid off, one, either you pay it off or two, you sell the property. You perform on the note and, and uh, it's released. Got it. Okay. So if I'm looking to get a mortgage, if I want to go buy a house, which interesting times, I know that. What, what does that process look like? How do you get a mortgage? Well, you start with a professional like myself. You want to get pre-qualified. There's a lot of great options out there. It is a saturated field right now because the housing market is going gangbusters. So there's a lot of competition. But the first thing you want to do is you want to get a snapshot of where you stand 
whether it's positive or otherwise, right? So uh, some people will give you like, oh, my credit is just, well, let's give it a whirl. I can give you a suggestion, set you up with a credit company to help you rebound the credit or rehab the credit, give you suggestions. But the best thing is just know how much you can afford, where you stand credit-wise, what products are available to you. It's a pretty pretty vanilla industry that it's straightforward. There's no real creative products. It's just working with a professional that they can fit you into something, fit you into the guidelines too. I mean, there's a lot. Everybody's different. Yeah. it's Listen, as an outside person, it can be confusing because you're seeing hundreds of pages of stuff or docu-signs, right? Or whatever that person's using. Yeah. So yep. sometimes, I mean, fo- normal folks will read that and sit like, they won't even understand what the contract says and what that means. But if you're working with someone you trust and you know, and you like, it, obviously a, a good mortgage person. That That is a great point, David, because trusting, this is the biggest purchase of your life, most likely. And you got to get somebody who will look at everything you know, I really have come from, and we've known each other for a long time, and we've done work together with clients. I, I really try to take into account somebody's whole financial picture and working with you. I mean, you've got a plan for them. And if somebody holds an incredible amount of debt, but they hold a lot of equity in their home, you know, that's where the discussion comes in. Let's bring David in. Let's bring an accountant in. Let's bring somebody who says, why don't we put less down on a home that you're going to buy, pay off all this debt? We've just saved you a tremendous amount of money, which will bring in another point later in the discussion about values of houses right now and how high they are. So it's just about maybe taking advantage of whatever situation you are currently in and trying to look at whether it's your first home purchase, second, third, 10th, second home investment property. There's a lot of aspects and you got to trust the person that you're talking to. It, totally. And I want to get into, you kind of talked about one end of the spectrum of credit issues, but on the other end, we have people that are just purely doing investments that have very high net worths that are just leveraging dollars because of low interest rates, right? So when someone applies for a mortgage with you or any mortgage broker, we'll call it, did they, mm-hmm. how do you choose? So, so they apply, then I'm assuming you go out and you kind of shop it out to different places. And how do yeah. you choose where to get the money from? Well, it's it, so there's three different aspects uh, and, and, and types of lenders, right? There's banks, bankers, and brokers. We'll start on the bottom uh, of it, not in any order. Brokers are third-party providers. What they are is they're approved with certain lenders. So they go out, they meet with a customer. I used to be a broker, as a matter of fact. And we take the relationship to the bank that we want to do the loan with. Again, we're picking a product. We're not picking a, a particular institution. What brings us to the institution is probably their rates or costs. Okay. So those costs obviously get passed along to the customer. So we sit there and go, okay, hey, for a 10% down a product today, ABC lender has the best pricing for what we're looking for. Let's go with them. That's a broker. Okay. okay. A, a banker, which I am, is somewhat of the same concept. We're affiliated with 30, 40 lenders, right? So we still shop it with rate-wise and product-wise with particular investors that we have in our gamut, right? But as a banker, we do everything from start to finish. We process it, we underwrite it, we close it, we fund it, and then we may subservice it, we may sell it off, it all depends on the strategy of the people that are smarter than me <laughs> that work for this wonderful company. 
A, a broker does not do that. A broker passes that relationship along, okay, and doesn't underwrite. They don't approve anything of that nature, okay? And then you have banks, which is they've got the bricks and mortar. You walk in there, there's savings banks, and they have products that maybe they're uh, good at what they do or not. But that, those are the three criteria that you uh, – three options you have. Good to know. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's very helpful. So what are, if somebody's applying for, what, what's the difference? Like if you see, you said you work with 30 to 40 lenders. If I wanted to apply for a 30 year mortgage, same, use the hundred thousand dollars. Is there going to be one that's like, we'll offer you 3% and another one that says we'll offer you 8% or are they usually pretty close? They're usually pretty close. And again, it, it depends because maybe one day they're liking a 30-year note with a 740 credit score and uh, 10% down, okay, that has PMI. There's sometimes PMI loans are priced a little bit more aggressively than somebody who puts 50% down because there's a guarantee. Or I should say 20% down, not 50%. Right. Okay. So again, what really would point us in that particular lender's direction is pricing, Okay. And it has all to do with typically rates, lenders are within, well, I'll just say a half a percent of each other. Okay. Um, when it's so competitive, you're talking about somebody who's putting 20% down, 740 or greater credit scores, it's, it's, you're getting the top rates, right? When you start talking about credit scoring dropping, typically it's within 20 point buckets. The, the rates start to be affected. It's called credit risk-based lending that they start being affected. So taking care of your credit and having good credit is huge, not only in the mortgage industry, but I mean, even employers are pulling credit yep. reports on people. Insurance, so you go homeowners insurance, you've got better credit than the next. Well, guess what? Somebody who has a lower credit score has been deemed that they'd be more likely to put a claim against their insurance than somebody who doesn't. So It makes sense. So you mentioned PMI. For the folks that don't know what that is, what is that? Private mortgage insurance. Private mortgage insurance is when you put less than 20% down, you the bank, these PMI companies, private mortgage companies, they will come in and insure the bank for the mortgage itself. It's not life insurance. It has no benefit to the borrower whatsoever other than the fact that they have to write a check for it. And that's not a benefit. So what happens is, for instance, we'll use the $100,000 uh, number again. So at $100,000, we give $90,000. This person didn't make their payment or they skipped town. This house gets foreclosed upon, right? So the, there's costs associated with getting the foreclosure. Finally, it goes through. Let's say the house only sells for 80, but there was a $90,000 mortgage lien on the property. Well, the PMI company comes in and reimburses the lender the shortage of that. So that's why the PMI is important to the lenders when putting less than 20% down. Okay. So I, I was going to ask how much you need to put down. So you already yeah, answered that. 20%. Now, there again, different products. So that's a conventional loan, different products with FHA. FHA, it's called MIP, Mortgage Insurance Premium. Okay. okay. Switched around a little bit. With, with FHA, the option is with that, it's lifelong. So unless you put 10% down on an FHA, which people choose FHA typically because it's a lower money down product. So if you're only putting the minimum down three and a half or 5%, you'll have MIP or PMI for the life of that loan. Okay. okay. That's a big number if you start to consider. So right now in this 
crazy market, getting FHA loans approved and accepted the offers, very tough because you're going up against cash offers, cash guarantee letters. People are putting 20% down. If you're doing an FHA, very rarely are you seeing those approved. I'll speak for our local market, but I'm sure in these other areas, it's the same way. Yeah. So it actually brought up a good point. So the PMI in your traditional loans, the the private mortgage insurance, once you get to that 20% equity, it could go away, right? It does go away. So how do they know that? What's that? So how so if I bought a house again, we, we should probably stop using a hundred thousand in today's market and just change it to a million for easy numbers, right? right but uh, right. let's use five hundred thousand. I bought a house for five hundred thousand, I put ten percent down. Yeah. I owe four hundred and fifty thousand on a mortgage, right? Correct. Now my five hundred thousand dollar house that I bought two years ago is worth seven hundred thousand, and my mortgage that I owe might be four hundred and thirty thousand. How how and when do they know to adjust the PMI? So basically, you know, they'll the inception of that purchase price, that five hundred thousand dollars, is the marker. So that will be the baseline of when they meet twenty. Actually, when PMI is written, it's it, the the law is New York State law is twenty two percent equity. Okay. But you can start having the conversation with the lender at any time, but it's their call. So in this, your example is. At five hundred thousand, but it depreciated two hundred thousand in a year or two years, mm-hmm. and you have you can make the argument. But what the PMI companies or the lender is going to make you do is they're going to make you go out and get a certified appraisal mm-hmm. done. Okay, yep. so you're going to spend four hundred dollars, which is a great investment, or again, whatever area you're in, four four fifty, that you're going to get this appraisal done, and you go, hey, bank, lender, they're telling me my house is worth eight hundred now. And you only have a $430,000 loan on it. I've got the equity. It's, it should happen, but it's again, it's, it's the lender's call on it. If you can yep. try, you can prove it. They should be able to drop it. Most cases they do, but I don't believe they have to because of, again, the way the mortgage insurance was written in the beginning. Got it. So if I went and got a certified appraisal and I show my house is now worth seven or 800, I don't know if I would proactively pursue that because then I would owe taxes on that dollar amount, right? Or not necessarily. That's different. Okay. Appraisal is not any business of the assessor's office. Got so it. you don't go in and turn, I'm not telling you what to do or not, but you don't go and say, <laughs> hey, town, and guess what? My house is worth 800. Trust me, they'll catch up to you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think a lot of people that are buying houses are going to be in for a surprise, by the way. And a little unsolicited advice is when they're looking at houses that are at an inflated value. And they're looking at the taxes on the listing from before, right? So yeah. they're seeing taxes from five years or two years ago, and now they paid $300,000 more. They didn't yeah, exp- but you know, definitely discussion again with the person, somebody like myself, because yeah. I make that very well known. Like, look yeah. at what's the assessment on this property right now? It's 200. Well, you're buying it for 250 or 300. Those taxes are going to go up. And here in Western New York, we all know about real estate taxes. They're not cheap. That's so right. if they're going up three and a half, four percent of the the difference of that value on a hundred grand, that's four grand, yeah. right? That you're going to see in an increase. That's $333 a month. That's a big number. Because guess what? That doesn't go away. Oh. In fact, they'll keep going and going and going. So <laughs> Yes, yeah, so we have to be careful that. A quick interruption. 
Six Point Financial Partners is taking on new clients. If you would like to take the next step in planning your future with Dave or the Six Point team, please visit them at www.sixpointfp.com to schedule a time or reach out via LinkedIn, Facebook, or simply find us on the internet by searching Six Point Financial Partners. Okay, back to the show. So if somebody, what is the first step in finding somebody like you or getting someone started with applying? So someone reaches out to you and then you like, wh- what do you need from them to start applying for a mortgage? I take them through a, a Q&A. Basically, a pre-qualification is a two-year work history. We discuss okay. income. Okay. So I figure out how much they make gross per month. We talk about their wishes as far as investment goes. How much money do you want to be involved in this with down payment and costs associated? Okay. And then once they tell me that number, I do a soft pull on the credit. Very important. Very little people in this industry do a soft pull, which is there's a soft pull and there's a hard pull. And a soft pull for customers doesn't show up as an inquiry, does not hurt their credit scores. It gives me a snapshot of what their credit score is and what kind of monthly obligations they have. If they have any bankruptcies or judgments or things that I got to be worried about collections. But once I see that credit score, I know now how much they make. I know what their credit score is, and I know how much money they're going to be putting down. So again, that gives me an idea what direction we're going to go, and I can give them options on based off of, of that, right? And then ultimately, they make the choice. But again, bring in the realm of, you know, do we want to look at how much money they're working? Do they have debt? Do, you know, what are your financial goals? And, and if you, somebody like yourself, if you say, Glenn, we're, we're, going to, we're going to send you over to Glenn, I say, well, let's work with David too, because he's got some goals for you, is paying a 15-year mortgage on a 3.5% rate smart? Or should we go down to a 30, make sure you're making your investment goals because you're a young couple who you've got 30, 40 years in this market. Again, give it to the professionals like yourself and you're you're included in the decision. So, Yeah, I like that. So when someone applies, I get this question a lot. How long from start to finish typically? Each lender is going to be different. You know, right now things have definitely turned. They've gotten slower because yep. the refinance rates have gone up a little bit. Myself, I can tell you, we're getting you an approval within 48 hours. So my pre-qualification and pre-approvals per se are typically the same because I, if there's something I know I'm not going to be able to make a call on that's just a borderline, whether the qualification is in question with debt to income ratios, a past problem, whether it's a bankruptcy or foreclosure, something of nature, like I just don't think I'll actually get it pre-approved. I'll involve the underwriter. Other than that, I've been doing this a long time, 26 years. So don't take this the wrong way. In the local market, known very well. So people see your name on a piece of paper, they go, oh, Homestead, Glenn, he knows what he's talking about. You know, knowing that aspect and and putting your, your best foot forward for people, just getting them in the right spot. So you make him the strongest candidate in this really difficult market. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting times for sure. The, so once you get to the end and you're filling out all that paperwork or you're doing your DocuSign thing or whatever yeah. it is, if people went line by line, and I, I don't think a lot of people know what this is, and I know you go over this with folks, but what are, I won't even get into the numbers on it, I guess, but what are closing costs and what does that mean? Closing costs, some people try to lump in closing costs to every penny you're going to have, including your down payment and things. Your closing costs, there's three items. There's a down payment, 
there's closing costs and there's prepaid expenses. Okay. Down payment, pretty simple. How much money you're going to put down on the house. Closing costs are your hardcore costs of getting a loan. There's appraisal fees, attorney fees, title insurance. In New York State, there's mortgage tax, okay? Recording fees, you know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> uh, those are the hardcore closing costs on a loan. Those don't change much in $10,000 increments. If you're if financing at $100,000, you are financing $110,000. They probably change $25,000, bucks. Prepaid expenses are taxes, insurance, and time of month you close. So in New York State, we are prepaid for the year, which means the year that we're in, if you own a home, you've already paid for the taxes for this year that we're in. They're due two times a year typically. So when you buy a home, you're refunding the seller a good chunk of change because they haven't lived in that. They're not going to live in that house for the remainder of the year. So you got to refund them a portion of money, right? Then the other portion of the tax is that you say that usually we use a 12 month tax escrow. Okay. okay. What you have to come up with. And that's the really worst case scenario. Typically it's less than that, but who likes having a conversation with a customer that says, well, I told you to bring too little money to closing. I'd rather be the opposite. Right. I said, Hey, bring a hundred grand. You had to bring 95. You go, Glenn's the best. Right. <laughs> so singing my praises, but uh, the other way does not really work. So Three categories, prepaid expenses, closing costs, and down payment. Got it. it very helpful. So what, hey, this is a totally random question. Yeah. We were talking about the increments and it made me think of, I hear, again, I hear people talking about this points. Like what are points and like buying down or buying a point? What does all that yeah. stuff mean? So you have an option. There's rates that we're offered that we can give you, we call it par or zero point rate that we are offered from these investors that we mentioned earlier, okay? They'll give us a par rate or a zero point rate. Let's call that four and three eighths today, okay? That's your zero point rate. Typically, if you want to try to buy down the rate, what you're doing is you're buying down the interest rate for a fee, okay? One point is 1% of whatever you finance, okay? So if you finance 200,000, one point is $2,000, you're, you're paying $2,000 to buy down, let's say typically it's about a quarter percent, okay? okay. So a quarter percent, you're going to pay a quarter percent less interest over that term that you choose, 30, 20, 15 year. Well, what you're doing is you're buying, you're, you're paying less interest over that period of time. I, I'm not a huge advocate of points because we see the average loan term that we're dealing with was seven years. I don't even know if it's that now. So seven years, if you're not in that house for a certain amount of time, you spent two grand, typically we like to see a break-even point of about three to five years. And that's usually what buying a quarter percent will buy you is, is about a three to five year break-even point of you spending that money. Okay. If you're, a, let's just say it's the five-year break-even point, as long as you stay in that house for over five years, well, then you're starting to benefit from you buying down that rate. You follow me? Yeah. Oh, totally. So, yeah. So if we can run a 30 year number for you and go, Oh my God, you buy a, a quarter percent, you're going to save $5,000 over 30 years. Mm -hmm. Crickets. Like you're like five grand over 30 years. That's not really a huge benefit. Right now, again, that's an extreme example, but you know, what I've found is if you have your zero point rate and you have a quarter percent less that you're going to buy a point, if you take that $2,000 and just apply it to your down payment, 
you're coming out right in the middle of where that payment was going to be. Just finance a little bit less. Here's the other thing. On a 30-year note, interest weighs so much heavier in the beginning. You can prepay. You make one extra payment a year. Okay, one extra payment. If your principal and interest payment is only 500 bucks, you make one $500 extra payment a year, you cut off seven years off your loan. That's how heavy a 30-year loan is, right? So yeah. I just say to people, you know what? Just take your 30-year note, prepay. You'll skip ahead. I can't stress enough the importance of prepay. It may not seem in the beginning that you're making much headway, but five years down your road, you go, oh my God, I built an extra 10. You've skipped ahead so many payments that you're way ahead of that 30-year note. Yeah. If we really, really wanted our listeners to be bored, we could walk them through an amortization schedule. Oh. I, I think if people actually looked at those, yeah. they would say, I can't believe that's how much I'm, more I'm actually paying. I tell them, don't look at it because it'll bum me out that you're only paying like $90 yeah. towards principal and yeah. the other 410 is going towards interest. It, it's a little depressing. But again, <laughs> at the end of the day, it's, it is what it is. And with rates where they are, rates have gone up to four and three eighths. Hey, we've got these inflationary pressures. They're coming. They're going to affect rates. It has to happen sooner or later. We, we got to get this economy back in check. And, and that's what they're trying to do. So you mentioned the, the rate, 4.38%. Is that the 30-year note right That's now? That's a 30-year rate. Your 15-year rates are probably running 3625, 375. Usually there's about a half a percent difference between a 30. Again, a general guideline. I'm not saying this is in all cases, but right. general guidelines is about a half a percent difference on a 15-year. Yeah. And by the way, for the listeners, we're in March of 2022, Glenn. So if someone listens to this three years from now, thinks we're crazy. <laughs> there's our disclaimer, right? So what? rates were so low. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so is the process in general, and we'll wrap this up here in a couple minutes, is the process in general for buying investment properties? I have a lot of clients, a lot of people that have done well for themselves, or just folks that want to start an investment property or start investing investment properties for an extra source of income or whatever it might be. Is the process basically the same? It, it absolutely is. I mean, okay. you know, a mortgage is a mortgage is a mortgage. You're going to apply for a first, a primary, a second home, or an investment property. You go through the same steps of being approved. So there's no difference between the two. Recently, they, they've Fannie Freddie, so Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac changed their direction on home ownership. Basically, they said we're in the we're in the home ownership business, not the second home or investment property business. So they changed direction, meaning they're gonna, there's going to be some, they call it overlays, price increases with rates and costs because of second homes and investment properties. Okay. Now they tried it last year and it, it stuck for a little bit. They backed off of it, but they came back at the end of last, let's see, this year, as a matter of fact, that they're like, Nope, we're going to go back to that because the housing market's so crazy yep. that they want to make sure that they're getting everybody the opportunity for a primary in yep. front of maybe somebody buying a second home that's pushing people out to of areas that are so hot. You know, people actually you know live in the area want to live close to their work, right? It's just pushing people so much further out and they've got to deal with that. So Well, it's hard to compete, right? You have these huge investment companies that might, may go around and just buy up every house possible. So I can see how they're trying yeah. to even the playing field. But. Yeah, you do. You do. And even second homes. I mean, people are going and good for them and it's great to have that. 
but it's honestly, it's making this market in these hot areas, Florida's, I mean, not many people are buying a second home in Rochester, New York, but it's making these areas just crazy. I mean, even our area is seeing 20% appreciation yearly in the last at least three years. I've been doing this again, a long time. I've never seen the market so competitive and it's just gotten each year has gotten worse and worse and worse. So, and it's, it's nationwide. It's not just Rochester. So what do you think? And this will be my last question. I was going to get into some reverse mortgage stuff, but we can have folks reach out about that. My last question on this is you're in Rochester. You've been doing this 26 years. I know the history of the typical price increases. Normally we're in the boring two, three, 4%, right? You're um, right. Now, now you've seen 20. That's exponential. Those are exponential numbers. If you're actually writing them down, what <clears throat> do you think it's going to stop? Do you think it's going to cool down? This is the hot topic right now, right? Everybody probably asks you this when you're out and about. Yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> it's it, there's a bubble there. They talk about a bubble, but the simple fact is, you've got supply and demand and the demand is so much more than supply. So is there a bubble? No, I don't think so. Will it slow down? Yes, because I don't, I just don't think the market can sustain, especially here locally, 20% appreciation going on and on. But, you know, like I said, I mean, this has been going on for six, seven years now here locally that I just, I've never seen a lineup. I probably have 50, 60 buyers waiting, right, for a house that this time of year, we should start to see more listings pop up. But in Monroe County alone, which is close to a million people, you've only got 250 homes on the market. 250 homes for, I've got 60 buyers. What about all the other companies and loan officers that are out there? They've got 10, 20, 30, 40, 50. So- the demand is so much, and that's why you're seeing uh, houses go on the market, and you have 30 offers on one pop property. It's like, I mean, it's hard to get. Yeah, that's crazy. So, yeah. Glenn, I, I know you're busy. You have a meeting coming up here. Folks, if, if I got anything out of this, it's I would be reaching out to an expert if I was even considering buying a house. And this is not an advertisement for Glenn, but I, he did mention that I sent some clients and some other folks to him. Uh, I know he does a good job. He's fast, easy to work with. Um, and no judgment if there's credit issues, right? I think uh, 26 years, you see it all. So see it all. It's again, look, we all run into certain times and it's more about getting everything back on track to give you the best options, best rate, keep your costs down because who wants to have to overpay because you've got you know some challenges in your life. So reach out, whether it's myself or to that mortgage professional and just see where you stand because it, the homeownership is, it's the American dream. It's rents are going to follow. Like as you got a crazy market, rents are going to keep going up too. So you're throwing money away if you don't own a home, bottom line. Yeah. So we'll, uh, we'll put your contact info in the show notes, Glenn, and we'll be okay, posting great. this on different social media channels, but what's the best way to get a hold of you? Phone, email, text, cell phone, cell phone, cell phone, 585-303-6880. There it is. That sounds like a commercial, man. I like that. <laughs> so folks, that's it with Glenn Ditus today. If you want to reach out to us, it's www.sixpointfp.com or you can find me, David Pulsini Jr. You got you to put the CFP in now on LinkedIn, I guess, to find me. I'm not sure how that happened, but, but it did. So for now, we'll wrap it up there, Glenn. We appreciate your time. And folks, make it a great day. Appreciate it. 
thank you for listening to the Dear Rochester Retire Well podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Six Point Financial Partners. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Content here is for illustrative and educational purposes only. It is not legal, tax, or individualized financial advice, nor is it a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold any specific security or engage in any specific trading strategy. Results will vary. Past performance is no indication of future results or success. Market conditions change continuously. This commentary reflects the personal opinions, viewpoints, and analysis of Six Point Financial Partners. It does not necessarily represent those of RFG Advisory, private client services, their clients, or their employees. This commentary should not be regarded as a description of advisory services provided by Six Point Financial Partners or RFG Advisory or performance returns of any client. The views reflected in the commentary are subject to change at any time without notice. Securities offered by registered representatives of private client services, member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered by investment advisory representatives of RFG Advisory, a registered investment advisor. Private client services, Six Point Financial Partners, and RFG Advisory are unaffiliated entities. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where RFG Advisory and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advisory services may be rendered by RFG Advisory unless a client agreement is in place.